Hello and welcome to Floor Finds. This is the very first episode and my very first guest will be Marco Hieta. He plays a Nightwish with me, my brother in arms, and uh, well, I'm very, very happy he could be my first guest. The idea of this uh, Floor Finds is to have a guest who's going to answer the same question as I am going to answer. So we're going to have a conversation about this. Uh, it can be music related, it can be nature related, it can be any topic. Uh, in this case, um, one of the questions that popped up online after I asked you guys uh, who should be my first guest though and who, what should I ask, um, was a question about aliens. Is there life in outer space? Um, this was not specifically for Marco, but I, I know that he is very interested in this topic. He's been reading all kinds of um, scientific um, research about this, plus he's into science fiction. So uh, I asked him this very question and resulted into a fantastic conversation. Um, a little introduction about my first guest even though I don't think he needs any. Um, Marco plays a Nightwish um, much longer than I have been. Um, from the get-go, we got along very, very well. We know each other since 2002. And um, fantastic bass player, fantastic vocalist, fantastic musician. He lives and breathes music. Um, fantastic uh, stage performer too. Um, yeah, so it, besides Nightwish, he's been playing tarot and done all kinds of projects really, but lately he even released his first uh, solo album, which is called Pyre of the Black Heart. Totally worth checking out. So, Marco Hietala, here comes Floor Finds episode number one. Have fun. So, uh, we're recording, we're recording. So the question is, do you believe in aliens? Do you think that there's life out there? <laughs> okay. Yeah, this is a... This is a question that has a no verifiable, accurate answer at the moment, but the theories and the information is a lot. Mm -hmm. In the past few days, there came out a research which defined that in the, in the Milky Way, the galaxy that our solar system is a part, when, part of, would at the moment probably have like um, about 36, was it like, Earth-like planets at the moment, that might be upholding a civilization that could possibly communicate. That was the odds that they made, like with the latest information of like, you know, chemical physics processes, how the planets are forming their ages, ages of stars and all that. Because when we're talking about aliens and civilizations and life forms, for them to be sophisticated enough, the evolution would have to be pretty much simultaneous so that they would be sophisticated enough to communicate with us and then again, we know that the life of the universe is billions and billions of years. Yeah. About at least triple of the time that we've had planet Earth. And um, <laughs> so these, these other civilizations could shoot us by with millions of years, just as easily. And we'd never hear about each other if they moved on into God-like ascendant existence somewhere else. And... And the earlier ones, of course, we wouldn't hear anything because they would communicate by pounding rocks to wood. Yeah. <laughs> so here's the problem with the commu communicating with civilizations. But then again, the other end of the thing is that, for instance, here in our solar system, we have the Jovian moon, Europa, which is covered by about uh, 20 kilometers of ice 
on the in some places that they theorize about, and underneath we should have a liquid ocean of water, wow. past hundreds of kilometers deep. Liquid water means potential for life, and therefore there is a possibility of uh, like a parallel evolution even in our own solar system, or there is possibility that this life contaminates other places throughout the even vacuum of space, which is not so vacuum as we've thought about it. It's full of stuff and particles and gases and clouds. And there are some very, very sturdy organisms that can handle radiations, that can handle freezing themselves off into close to absolute zero. Yeah, right here on planet Earth too, right? Yes. Yeah. Basically, even any comet strike to Earth, the one that destroyed dinosaurs, for instance, would spray clouds of dust and the microbial life also out space. Wow. That would happen also on the other planets that would possibly produce life. So is there an original contamination that we are part of that came from another planet? That's possible as well. So here's my yeah. both science fictional and science based in a nutshell. Take yeah. your pick, but I do believe that it would be exceptionally arrogant to think that we're the only ones. I totally agree to that. I That would have been my answer. Like, I'm not uh, as well into this material as, as you obviously are. Uh, I know that from you that you like the, the theme and uh, both, um, yeah, the, the actual science um, as science fiction. Um, yeah. And uh, I don't know how much is actually written in science fiction that starts to become more like an actual uh, scientifically proven thing. Well, Jules Verne in the 18th centuries wrote a book about guys who were flying to moon and also guys who were doing trips un under, the, under the seas with a submarine. Yeah. A century later, it was all true. Yeah. It's interesting to think what is going to come. What is your take, though, on um, if you think of the, the pictures, the images we found both at the old Mayan uh, remains and uh, in the pyramids in, uh, uh, yeah, for instance, the, 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 you see images of things that are in the sky, plus the fact that pyramids are still, uh, we don't know how they built them. Yeah, that's true. But of course, well, now there are theories, for instance, for pyramids, and uh, I don't know what kind of sonic measurements they do the, these days. Equipment is getting more sophisticated, so the tunneling spiral is now one of the theories that they build it like uh, first, like I, going yeah, up yeah. and building a wall around it. That's one of the theories. Also, building up pictures that you can see only from the sky or from the mountaintops. Also, if you go to some nearby places, um, well, there are a lot of people are talking to gods these days too. That's true. Yeah, we, but it's funny that the over centuries, it's uh, it's up there. Why would a god be up there? Why why would it not be right in front of us? Or why would it not be in the ground, for instance? Well, anyway. Life comes from the ground. Why wouldn't a god be? sky is full of mysterious and magnificent things and storms and blah 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 and all that and eclipses and stars and wondrous things that we cannot touch 
Yeah, that must be it. Yeah. Yeah. That, our touch, it's biggest thing that we can verify with our eyes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's an interesting concept that um it's funny though if you think of like like aliens or like life from out of space with every movie that they make it usually uh is considered a threat and then there are there are some brave scientists that's, that, that that are curious it's uh, you know the, the theme and that but um it would be so fantastic to see if, if there is indeed uh a life form that simultaneously evolved with us or how cool would it be that is ahead of us that it has been living on a planet that is three times older, as you described, or a solar system? Yeah, of course, <laughs> of course, there are things that, for instance, if we look at this date and think about what kind of measures with the coronavirus, we see governments taking. For instance, Chinese have been very effective because of the authoritative system. Mm. So civilizations, races, and their cultures, we cannot really be certain. We hope that whatever we possibly meet in the future, if we do that, that they would be so sophisticated that they would appreciate life. Yeah, exactly, and not see us as a threat. Yeah, but then there are also like this kind of, we see that totalitarian system is affected also when we talk about civilization and race. And then there are also, like, we are kind of an altruistic emotional intelligence at our best. But then there are, for instance, if we talk about squids, like mm-hmm. deep squids, which are, some of them are very intelligent animals and they communicate by, yeah, by luminous skin cells and all that. And there seems to be, like basic commands and words and sentences in these things that they passed on, on to each other. But still, if this thing is so intelligent, if one of their crowd gets wounded, they ruthlessly cannibalize it alive. Yeah, but that's maybe a human emotion uh, to think that that is cruel. Maybe that is their ultimate way to clean up the mess. That's if they're true. wounded, they're not going to survive. So that's it then. It's also there that even though we're intelligent and emotional and hope for intelligence to be benevolent, we cannot be if we're seen as prey. That is something that science fiction writers are worried about. Because, well, life, no matter what it is, no matter how sophisticated, we are the sophistic, most sophisticated thing that we know and we still kill to eat. It's an, it's an in- inevitable thing, whether it's pl- vegetarian, whether it's carnivore, omnivore. Anyway, everything we eat, we kill. Yeah. yeah. So there, is a, there is a fundamental thing in life. Uh, when, we get, when we get enlightened enough, we try to preserve the multitude of it. But are the, but for instance, squids, who seem to be smart, don't really appreciate this yet. No, they have a different take on it, obviously. And depending on what kind of a life you evolve with and what, what is the cultural thing when you evolve with intelligence and all that, the, the options are countless. Definitely, and even intellect could be seen as, as um, um, yeah, it can be seen in, in, in different ways, I would say, because intelligent... 
Um, maybe maybe the squid is very intelligent by saying, "Okay, I'm wounded. I need to. Uh, I don't want to become a prey. I don't. Uh, I'm not going to live um, um, healthy anymore. And I'm uh, I'm not going to pass on my genes healthy. So that's it for me. Mm-hmm. Um, that that could be considered a very intelligent way in order to preserve the species. However, or the dolphin that uses a higher percentage of the brains." And it's therefore very intelligent. Would be nice to know if the squid that is wounded and knows it cannot survive, will is it voluntarily staying to be eaten? That's that's true. Yeah, but if they communicate, maybe they would that have something. cultural permission and not just personal opportunism. No, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, that's an interesting thing. Something for scientists to look at. I mean, I guess the squids have been very interesting. I even read uh, somewhere that. Um, we haven't really been able to determine where their DNA comes from. Um, it seems an unearthly uh, setup. And yeah, then I thought, oh, is this some kind of conspiracy theory, or is there a truth in that? Yeah, there was this this thing also, which I was aware of, that there is also slight cross-contamination of life theory involving them too. Yeah, yeah it's a very fascinating thing but i totally agree with the, with the first idea that that it would be a very arrogant thing to think that we're alone but um yeah but to relate to that intelligence is yeah. a different thing totally yeah let's see let's see if we evolve long enough as a species to maybe um if we're ready enough for the information that comes from outside of our own planet because mm-hmm. it seems that thus far we have our hands full of everything that's happened on the planet, <laughs> I would say, both in the preservation of our species and the cooperation with other species, not contaminating our biotopes, for instance, I, which we've been doing and got punished by it by a lovely virus. <laughs> I think I have to mention also this thing that all what we also touched upon, that the intelligence itself, even though we found it as an extremely useful tool for survival in the evolution, mm-hmm. It also got its setbacks. It's the one thing that probably made us vulnerable to all kind of mental diseases. It also makes us process patterns in a way that we want to see a hand of God in a lottery win. Because because we want to see the pattern that there was this thing, I made this thing and then it happened and there's 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 a meaning to it. And and therefore, and that's that's a drawback of the intelligence that we theorize into the unknown and often follow things that we want to follow. But then again, there's also the imagination, which is brilliant that we can actually, with that thing, predict things in the future or build up worlds of our own into movies and books and whatever. So it has its drawbacks, but it's a brilliant thing to have, I think. Definitely. It would be interesting to see how far other creatures on this planet have come in this, because... I think we've, we've just begun to study their intellect and their uh, yes. how far uh, their emotions go, as in empathy or um, yeah, grief. You see elephants grief very, very long. Uh, you see other animals be empathic even towards other species. So there, there is so much more. You know, just not not that long ago we would say yeah, but it's just an animal. It doesn't really feel. Crokinoke crows has uh, has this also the same kind of patterns and like like our language, it's uh, different syllables and sounds that 
by themselves have no meaning, but the way we've learned to string them up brings them to meaning. And when we string them up more, it brings them to sentences. They yeah. have the same kind of structures in their croaks. Yeah. Croaks and their relatives and all that. And as a personal experience, when February we have managed to do that little solo tour still before the world got weird. Yeah. And there was this morning we were waiting for the venue to open. We were hanging in the bus. There was a couple of cars parked outside the venue, eyes on the roofs. There were a couple of crows. The other one stands on the car hood, the other one at the roof, kicking pieces of ice off the roof down the windshield towards the hood where the other one is ducking. Them. And then they switch places and the other one does it. And then the other one jumps down on the ground, picks up an empty cardboard coffee cup, flies back on the roof of the car with that in his beak and puts that rolling down the windshield and the hood. And the other one ducks. Nice. We're fucking playing, having a good time in the morn. Wow. It there was, you go. Uh, and I saw yeah. it with my own eyes and there were other guys there too. Look at those guys. Yeah. They're fucking having a good time. Yeah, they are one of the most intelligent birds, for sure. And yeah, well, there you go. They enjoy playing. They can even interact on a level that they can play together and that they've come up with a game that they repeat and do with each other. It's And, and even come with, hey, what about this then? We can play, yeah. it's There is so much on this very planet that is almost alien to us, I would say, to a lot of humans, that there's a lot to learn of the splendor and intelligence and emotions of of animals well i mean people with pets they already they already have a quite a good idea of of that but i think it goes beyond um cats and dogs and maybe the occasional rabbit we there's so much more um there as well hey um just to um to uh wrap up this uh, the super nice talk i uh I was wondering what you have been doing and what your plans are for the coming time in a, until we can finally get together, not me in my room and you in your room in your house and separated, but well, what, are, what have you been doing and what are your plans? So far, getting to know our new little girl here, a little dog, Nadia, and, and then playing a lot of guitar, playing a lot of bass, um, singing a lot, uh, writing a bunch of weird lyrical stuff, lots of weirdly humorous stuff coming out. Um, <laughs> let's see if any good. <laughs> Those nice. are ways, like, you know, very careful if they were any good. But, yeah, it's been very peaceful shit thing. This that we haven't been able to get to do the album songs live, as you very well know. But then peaceful times are something also that's been very good when I kind of got myself down and said, okay, I got to accept this. The world doesn't change no matter how much you want it to change. No, fair and enough. You kind of settle down to this and just start living your life. It's been a, yeah, it's been a very nice, unexpected sabbatical. Yeah. Uh, so I guess I'm one of the lucky ones. I know that there's a lot of people who's had this as a really troublesome time. The wages are going down and all that. And we've been blessed with a successful company that we've been able to kind of keep our wages going through this time. Yeah, that's a, that's a yep, tremendous luxury. Lucky with that. Very much so, yeah. It's not much to worry. And then to indeed sit back and, okay, I can't do this, so what else is there? It's great that creativity has been flowing so much in the both of us. 
house is in a better shape than it's been since. Yeah, same year, garden <laughs> too. <laughs> Get to do all those little things that you usually just don't. Yeah, yeah, those are wonderful. You've been jumping in the lake a lot. You told me earlier. Yeah, yeah it's. I've been doing that. It's been nice. The water jet has been maintained, and so some of the younger generation has been <laughs> racing across the lake already a few times. Wonderful. No broken ribs this time. No, no broken ribs this time. It's, it's <laughs> I need to tell the anecdote that we had the your um, your super machine over at Ruske uh, for the endless storms, most beautiful recordings, and. Uh, well, with the water jet in Ruska, yeah, but yeah. it was me and Tero who were sitting on the alligator, pump yeah. alligator. Thomas was driving. I told him that you cannot go over 30 miles an hour, that it's going to get dangerous. As if his nerve hold, held. <laughs> he said, I couldn't help myself, I couldn't help myself. We go into this, I don't know, curve, and the alligator goes into the outer curve, so the centrifugal force puts us probably into something like 60 miles, and we fly. Tero <laughs> He said, we're going to die, oh, and I was laughing my ass off. Then I felt the heat goes woozy for a while. And, oh, I'm alive, I'm alive. Then climbing on back, then let's go back to be. It's hard to breathe. Okay, crack rib. The, the, the next two weeks at the rehearsals, very nice to sing. Yeah, very nice. Okay. And all very heavy bass. Yeah, Thomas was very sorry. Okay, I couldn't, hold, I couldn't hold myself. It was just too nice to drive the thing. I had to go faster. Okay, okay, so now you know. Next thing was happens, I think that Thomas and Troy were saying, oh, yeah. alligator, Mika <laughs> is driving, and Thomas and Troy tell them, don't go over 30 miles. Guess what happens? I couldn't hold myself. It was just too fun to drive. <laughs> yeah. That summer when we had two band members with broken ribs because we just couldn't help it. <laughs> it was nice for him to blow the pipes for a couple of next weeks. Very nice. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for some reason we didn't have that alligator when we played the Human Nature last summer. <laughs> yeah, and it wasn't that, I mean, that summer in Reska when we had those couple of mishaps, it was exceptional with the weather and everything. I mean, it was just warm. Yeah. Yeah. That far north and that warm, that was occasional, but definitely safer without the crocodile. All right. Well, thank you so much for this lovely talk. And um, I'm looking forward to, to see you again, to give you a big corona-free hug. And yeah. definitely to rock again. <laughs> yeah. Let's say, let's say healthy and keep on doing healthy things. Good, good stuff. And then we'll, well... I would say next week, but apparently that's not possible. We'll we'll see each other when when we can. Eventually. Eventually. It will happen. Big big hug from here now. So there you go. Here from two. <laughs> Take care. Until we meet again through method. I'll put in some violin music. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, one more. Bye bye. Hey, good one to the family too. You too, to your ladies. I will. I will move on to the balcony next. Nice. Time for that. Yep. Yeah. Bye bye. <laughs>